Hi listeners, um, we're back here with Fishy Tales, myself Rudolf Skippers and my co-host Mick Clark. Hi Rudolf, yeah, it's great to be back and uh, great to be here to talk to the listeners again. So what's in store for this week then, Rudolf? Yes, Mick, um, we decided we're going to talk a little bit about apps that we can use for fishing these days. Um, years ago, we used to wake up in the morning, have a look at the weather and decide what we're going to do and how we're going to go fishing. Now, that's all changed a lot over the last 10, 15 years. We've got all these apps and um, it's the summer of the year now where you have like four seasons in a day. We, we're going towards summer and... Um, yeah, so let's discuss apps and how you use your apps and, and what you use it for when you go fishing. Yeah, that's a great idea, Rudolph, because like you say, we've been through the seasons of changes the last few weeks and we've had some huge big winds come through. Um, some weren't predicted and they came and then we've had the total opposite where a big one was predicted and it wasn't a big wind. So yeah, let's talk about it. So what's your favourite app for the wind then? Well, Mick... Um, I like to use Winguru, um, and they re- I sort of over the years I've 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 learned to use different apps. And what I do now is just stick to one and sort of try and understand the app and how it works. So currently I'm using Winguru. It works for me. Um, I know how to read it, and I know how to apply it to my to my fishing. And and I don't know about you, Mick. What what is uh, the app that you prefer to use for your offshore fishing? Yeah, I would say along the, li- the same lines as you. I do like Winguru. I think um, it's easy to read. I think that's the nice thing about Winguru. Um, but I do have a uh, Windy. I think we'll talk a little about Windy later, uh, the pro version on my phone. But I still go to Win- Winguru. Winguru's my go-to one. Um, I think that gives us the best predictions. That's why we, <laughs> we like that one, you know, more favorable uh, conditions. Yeah, that's so true. Um, so uh, for our listeners um, that, that might go on to Winguru now and, and fishermen or people that are do offshore boating um, sports. How would you read Winguru? Um, if you're a novice and you go into Winguru for the first time now, how would you personally read it and try and understand the app so it works for you? Yeah, that's a great question, Rudolph, because I think as well as seeing the future, looking into the future of the weather, you have to also look at the past, what's been happening in the last few days. So if we've had a cold upwelling, and we've got an east wind predicted, um, especially in the winter and, and, and spring, that's going to bring more cold water. So for offshore fishing, that for me is a no-go. Um, but on the opposite of that, as the summer comes and we get that blue water, I like that northeast wind blowing. You get that chop on that blue water. I'll go out and fish in that any day. Um, but a lot of the times where, where we are, I like the west either just before that low pressure front hits and the west comes the fish go crazy i can't remember how many times i've had my best fishing and i've got a fish on when that big wind comes and you know what we like fishermen we ain't going on with that big <laughs> fish on that's for sure um and then after the west as well it um it fishes great after a west offshore fishing usually what about the shore fishing then what's the best conditions mick yeah we um just to go back one step we look for patterns um, same as you but the shore fishing differs quite a lot from the offshore fishing so i do both and and i apply both to its specific use shore fishing we um, obviously follow the patterns and uh, i'll talk specifically summer months because we're heading into summer now we would like a pattern where you've got three days northeasterly wind and what it actually does on that three day northeast 
particularly when it, it cools the water temperature down. So for shore fishing and targeting our rays and shark species this time of the year, we prefer colder water to warmer water. So the water temperature in summer in this area sits about 23, 24 degrees. I'd say more to 24 these days. So we found that our rays that we target, like the butterfly rays, the sand sharks, they prefer 21 odd degree water. So if you get that 21 degrees, we know they're going to feed. Then they come in close and they feed. But you can only achieve that 21 degrees after three or four days of northeast blowing properly. A, a nice northeast, not a, a, a wind that blows and chops the sea up and get that up dwelling going that you're talking about. But we've also found that the best fishing day for us for shore fishing is a three-day northeast with a big west coming. So as that pressure starts dropping for the west to come, the fish feed, they get that feeling that there's something coming, they have to feed before the west eats, and then that is our best fishing up until two hours after the west hits, and then the fish goes quiet from the shore. And then, as you say, the offshore fishing picks up then. Um, into that west the next day or the day after. So there's a bit of a difference, um, but that's the type of pattern we would look for in summer months, is that three days northeast um, with a big west coming. So that day before the west comes or that morning before the west comes, that is our perfect day's fishing. So those are the patterns we look for in summer months. Wow, that's a fascinating insight. And obviously years of experience uh, going into that information you've given out, Rudolph. Thanks for that. Um, I was just thinking that as we were talking about Wind Guru, um, it's nice to relate a story to um, what we were talking about. And I remember way back in 2007 when we had that huge swell what hit the coast. And I look at Wind Guru every, Wind Guru every day, whether I'm fishing or not fishing. It just It's a habit now. Yes. It's like checking your phone. I check Wind Guru or check Windy. And I remember even way back then, looking at the prediction and seeing this 20-meter <laughs> swell <laughs> predicted with these huge winds, I thought, this can't be true. And it was literally the day before that thing hit with a 15 or 18-meter uh, um, swell prediction that it, the news started hitting that we're going to get hammered on the East Coast and True enough, we did. I remember waking up on the morning and looking out the window, and that swell was like kilometers and kilometers out to sea. And you know, we lost a, a full road there where I stay in Umkamas, and in Toti, there was houses sliding into the water, and that was quite incredible, you know. So that gave us a forecast like four or five days ahead that that was coming. So that's how powerful uh, these apps can be. Yes, um, they are very helpful, and I think we we're very privileged to have these apps. Um, it saves a lot of money, it saves a lot of time. We can plan our trips. And if it's a disaster on its way, like that specific year where those big swells, it, we can prepare now um, in as far as we can to prevent people from getting hurt. Um, I can remember the year that, that that big tsunami was in Thailand. I think it was the 24th of December. It was the day before Christmas. Um, we went fishing on the morning of the 26th, so we knew about the tsunami. It was it was all over the news, but we didn't have all these fancy apps to tell us what's happening with the sea. And myself and two friends went to Mtanzini. It was a spring low tide the morning. We got to the beach and we saw comments and said, wow, the sea's flat and it's sucked back so far. Got our stuff ready and we waded out onto a bank. We waded out quite deep and it was knee-deep water. And we're standing chatting the next minute. The water started rising and rose and rose and rose. No and way. we looked back and the beach just disappeared and it was just water. And we felt like we were a kilometer out at sea, maybe not that far. And we started swimming. We couldn't stand anymore. 
and the sea just and then we realized that is the effect of the tsunami hitting us and we we swam back to the shore luckily we all got back safely and then over the south african coastline you heard the stories of similar things happening to people i, I know a friend in the cape was standing on a rock fishing and the next minute he had to swim back to shore um, my dad for instance there was an area we could still drive the vehicles on the beach he parked his bucket where he normally parks it and he's fishing and the same thing happened to him and he ran to his car and as the wave started moving his vehicle he just moved it up the bank enough so he doesn't lose his vehicle so we didn't have the apps those years warning us about that if we had it we would all know stay away from the beach there's a huge wave period coming and linked to the tsunami so you know, that's a nice part of um, having these apps today to help us plan our fishing trips and also warn us of big weather coming. Wow, that's incredible. And I was just thinking about something else as well. Um, there's certain aspects of our sport, obviously, where wind affects much more than other aspects. So a ski boat is not so as important as a kayak. A kayak is very, very, very vulnerable in the <laughs> wind. Um, and I'm just thinking that a couple of months ago, as we were coming out of lockdown and everybody was dying to go fishing, everybody was checking them up still every day during lockdown you still can't fish you're checking those apps and t people were talking on social media about uh, the wind and i remember guys on a kayak group and somebody said i'm definitely going fishing tomorrow wind guru says it's going to be you know certain uh, amount of uh, uh, wind and another guy said, oh, no, my app says it's going to be worse. So, you know, I can't go because my app's telling me this. And this whole conversation started about uh, which is the best one. And it was ending up that guys were saying, no, use this one because it's always better. It's basically telling you it's a lower forecast for the wind, you know. And I think, how are you over-relying on these apps a little bit? Yeah, Let's keep looking until we find a better pattern, you know. So... Um, they're great apps, but you've got to take it with a pinch of salt sometimes, and you, you've still got to use your skills you've learned over the years. Trust them. Look at the sky. You know, see our clouds building. And if there's a huge west predicted, whether it's 40 knots or 30 knots or 25, it's going to blow you off the sea, so don't even go sometimes, you know. Because <laughs> um, you do get signs, bad weather, that something's coming. Just, you yes. know, when you're out there, take care. So another app then, of course, uh, related for us, uh, or another series of apps, is, is Tides, um, because Tide is so important in, in both aspects of fishing. So uh, what apps do you use for Tides then? Mick, I'll be honest with you. Um, I just use the normal Tide charts. I know if you go to Kingfisher, the shop, they will give you a little Tide chart. It's for free there on the counter. So I use them. Um, tides play a very, very big role in our type of fishing and offshore fishing, obviously. But I think shore fishing a bit more. Um, so we we definitely follow tides. But I just use a normal tide chart. Um, if it's out by 10 or 20 minutes, it really doesn't matter. Because, um, you know, you, you, you just need that pattern. Um, same as the weather. Um, if the weather app says there's going to be a 30 knot west coming, if it's 35 or 25, it doesn't really matter. It's just a indication of what's coming. And that's why I use that tide chart as well. It doesn't have to be exact by the minute. Um, it just gives me an indication that low tide is around about 10 o'clock at spring tide. Um, so I need, to, I, be, I need to be on the beach by 8 to fish two hours before and two hours after that, that turn of the tide. That's sort of um, how we look at it. So I don't get too technical on the tide charts or the tide apps. Um, I just want an indication of when approximately low tide and high tide is. And we work around that. So I don't know if you've got an app that you use for your, for your tides. 
Yeah, I do actually, Rudolph. Um, I d- also, I use the the manual, the paper printed charts. I think they're great. Um, they've been around for years and they'll be around for a lot more years. But I do like um, a tide chart called Ocean Rhythm. And the reason I like that is because when you scroll ahead, you can actually see that the difference between the tides. So is it going to be a neap tide or a spring tide? So, you know, when you're launching off the beach, sometimes you know you're going to get really low tides. The tide's going to go out quite a long way. Um, or you're going to get a high tide. There's going to be plenty of water to launch from. Um, and then I also look at the tide height. I think that's important that, you know, those reefs water shallow, those 10 metres, there might be another two metres of water on them at high tide. So you might want to visit those reefs later on in the day when there's more water there to fish. Um, but what I when I first came to South Africa, what surprised me, well, two things surprised me about the tide. One is that the tide doesn't really vary in somewhere 60 kilometers away or 100 kilometers away. I know in England that the difference between the tides is phenomenal, you know, you know the time of the tide. Um, and of course, in the UK, the tide goes out so far, there's destinations there where it goes out like five, 10 kilometers in places and you can get caught out with that. You know, it's really, really dangerous. Um, but anyway, back to the, um, the apps. I like Ocean Rhythm. Um, like I said, it's a very visual app. But um, I'll tell you a story actually about Ocean Rhythm. Um, it became like Wind Guru. Every day I used to check that app. And I remember I was sat at home about a year ago and, and my, my cell phone rang. And this guy said, um, who am I speaking to? I said, oh, it's Mick Clark. He said, oh, okay. This is... His name slips my mind now, actually. But um, he said, I'm the owner of a website called Ocean Rhythm. And I see that you're on, the, you're on my website every day looking. <laughs> you're and a stalker. Thought, oh, my word. What's going on here? Am I supposed to pay for this thing? Or, you know? And he said, um, no, well, what do you use it for? Why are you using it? And I said, well, I'm looking at the tide. And you know, he said, you look at Durban all the time. Are you in Durban? So I said, no, I'm actually I'm in Umkumas. Oh, he said, okay, then what's Umkumas? And I said, well, we fish. It's a diving area, you know. He said, okay, I'll add Umkumas under the charts then. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I said, I can't believe it. Am I dreaming here? Or, I said, thanks very much. I said, is it going to cost me any money? He said, no, no. We, you know, we just use the data and we put it there. And, you know, we look for sponsors one day. But if it helps you, we'll put it on there. So I said, oh, yeah, thanks very much. And since that Next day, we've had Umkumas on the tide chart. So anybody listening, if you want your um, information, maybe get in touch with them. But yeah, so big brother watching you sometimes. Not so bad, Rudolph. <laughs> oh, well done, Mick. You put us on the map, a little town. Yeah, can yeah. you believe it? So, so one other thing, um, they're the two apps I use all the time. But um, I would say recently, and I'm talking about the last year or two, I was watching... Um, a TV show, and I want to notice in the America in the Americas where they fish, they look at SST sh- charts all the time, sea surface temperature charts all the time. And I thought, let me see if they're available in, the, in uh, South Africa. So I searched SST chart and found um, a website called Fish Track. I think it's a pro website, you know, you can subscribe, but the free version is brilliant because you can look at the water from, well, wherever area you look at. I look at Mozambique down to um, probably Port Edward. And what you can see is actually the summer water coming in. So as we're doing the show now and heading towards um, the height of summer, 
you go on that website and you can actually see the warm water coming. And literally two weeks ago, I seen that water hit vital. Hey, next thing, all the reports were coming in. <laughs> and lo and behold, we spoke on the last show, the Dorado were here. So, so the fish are coming with that warm water. So it's nice to see that as well. I think that's a great um, resource. It definitely, Mick. I agree 100% with you. So as you say, you've got certain species, offshore species that come in with that, that warm current. But we also look for those colder patches of water in summer where our f- species we target like to be in the co- cooler water, like I said, that 21, 22 degree water. So I definitely use that app as well. It works very well. And often you find a little spot, um, say for instance, the sea temperature of Ankomas is 23, 24 degrees. And you'll go onto that map and you'll see, oh, but off uh, Mtenzini, there's a little patch of cold water. And if you go there and you can find that patch of cold water and it's accurate, there's fish there often. It does really work for you. So it's definitely something to follow. And um, you can find fish like that in the same offshore. If you can find the depth where that warm current is, is in especially December or November, December, there's a very good possibility that you'll go find your, your Dorado and sailfish there in that warmer water. So very nice app, very, very nice use. And as you say, a combination of these few apps can give you a very good indication of what to do and plan your fishing trip ahead. So, yeah, I love them, and I, I don't know if we can go back to the olden days where we just woke up in the morning and a look at the sky and say, oh, this is going to happen. So we're so used to these apps, and they make our life so much easier now. Yeah, I agree, Rudolph. It's great to have these resources available. But at the end of the day, if you're not out on the ocean, you don't catch fish. So I suppose the message is use, use and abuse all these apps, but don't sit at home, <laughs> get out on the ocean and go catch some fish. And we get so true that they've backfired on us. Um, I do find that often if you look too far ahead, they over-exaggerated a little bit. They would say next week, Wednesday, it's going to rain 50 mils for the day and the wind's going to be strong and the surf's going to be six meters. But normally as you get closer to the day, it sort of evens out a bit and um, then you get the more sort of true um, weather pattern coming. So I look at them, but I also don't plan my fishing trip 100% according to what they say. I'd also sort of try and use patterns and previous experiences um, to do my planning. But one thing, um, going back to Winguru, which we, um, we we talked about the site and how it works, something I forgot to mention is, if you go and look at Winguru, there's a line at the bottom that says wave period. Now, that part of that app I really like. Um, for our shore anglers and for you guys for launching your boats, I don't think people know what that wave period actually means and how it affects the practical side of things. So that is something you I use a lot. So often I will go into Winguru and they'll say the wind is going to blow 10 knots northeast um, or southwest. The swell is 1.6 meters, so it, it sounds like a very good day. But then you go down and you look at wave period, and wave period says 17 in red. What does that mean, Mick? Do you, or, um, how do you inter- interpret that that wave period being 17? What does it mean for you as a boat angler? Yeah, that's a very good point, Rudolf. I, I, and I actually can't believe I missed that one because um, that's really important. The wave period is basically a timing between the set of waves. So when does the next wave come? So from a boating aspect, so whether you're kayak, jet ski or ski boats, the further the wave period, the higher the number, the further the waves are apart, the more chance you've got of launching. So, you know, you can, you've can you got a gap to get out there. Um, if they're tighter together, 
and especially if we've had it east the day before, that's what we were saying earlier, the pattern building, that's a dangerous sea to be boarding and you've got waves coming from every sort of direction. So if you use the wave period combined with the wave height, so if we've got a four meter swell with a four second wave period, you're not going to get out through them waves. You're going to be in trouble. Yes, yes. But at 18 seconds with four meter, you can get out on any vessel. So um, that's great information to use. I'm, I'm glad you picked that one up, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's so true. And from a shore fishing perspective, we actually don't like that big wave period because that means there's going to be a big swell. So even if they say the swell is 1.6 and the wave period is 16, you get that big rogue swell coming through every now and then, which is not good for shore fishing. We actually prefer the wave here to be closer to each other. So if I see a 8 or 7 uh, with a 1.6 meter swell, northeasterly wind, I get excited or light southwesterly because then you know you're going to have a flat sea, a little choppy sea, nice and lively. And, and that the shore fishing side, that, that really works very well. So as we said, learn your apps, get confidence in your apps, follow patterns and obviously add all the years of experience and hopefully you can catch on fish so i hope our listeners learn something about these apps and um, i said it's it's very simple stuff but there are a few tricks to how to use them uh, to improve your days fishing out there yeah that's great rudolph thanks for sharing that so from this episode from me mcclark it's goodbye yes uh, thank you guys it was lovely having you again and we'll chat again next week